Hello and welcome. You've tuned into Active Listening with T4 Tactics. I'm Marco Galbraith, your host, and our podcast is all about personal success and networking. We'll discuss small business tips, health and wellness issues, personal safety tips, financial gain, and a variety of other topics from professionals in the field. And once in a while, we'll throw in our area of expertise, firearm safety and active shooter response for businesses, churches, and schools. So sit back, relax, listen, and learn. Active listening with T4 Tactics. Marco Galbraith with T4 Tactics back again for another podcast. Today is Monday, October 16th. And we did a national, well, let me tell you something first. Uh, I have to do that intro, of course, for marketing and for new listeners. But if you don't, if you subscribe to this podcast and you don't want to listen to that intro all the time, if you fast forward to 40 seconds, that's always uh, about the time when I start uh, talking. So we did a national security briefing here at T4 Tactics. Uh, we had 62 people uh, in my office, standing room only. I'm glad the fire marshal, <laughs> glad the fire marshal wasn't there. Um, but we're going to talk on this podcast about what we went over uh, last night in that briefing for those that missed it. Um, Walt Bannett will be joining me uh, on this podcast. He's not here yet. Uh, he builds uh, and sells AR-15s, customized AR-15s. Here's the good part. You won't find this locally. You won't find it anywhere in the country. He's not doing it for a profit. He's just doing it. So you buy the pieces and parts, or he buys the pieces and parts. You have to buy the lower. So Walt has a uh, ATF a, uh, FFL, so everything is legal. You have to go through the through the proper background checks. This anything, this is nothing that he does out of his garage uh, over the cover of darkness. Everything's legal, um, strict guidelines. Uh, you buy the lower, get that in your name, and then he builds it from there. The best of the best parts. After the build, he'll take you to the range and make sure you're completely familiar with an AR because a lot of people haven't uh, ever shot one before. They're a little intimidated. Very little recoil. So he was going to join me for this podcast. Uh, sent me a text. It's going to be a little bit late because last night he had 15 people uh, interested in these builds. Uh, and again, you can't beat uh, this quality AR with someone local that's building it for you that you can talk to if you have questions about it. Uh, and not-for-profit. Walt just does it as a calling. He's doing it to support the Second Amendment. Uh, and he'll be here and he'll give his information. But he's actually uh, got three builds that he's got to get out this morning. So he'll be joining us uh, shortly. So last night we talked about being prepared and what we need to do to prepare ourselves for the southern border that's been open for three years under this administration. We didn't bash the federal government last night. We didn't talk politics. That's not what we're here for. We're here to give you straight facts. And that's what this podcast is going to be about, is giving you the facts of what's going on. The FBI uh, this morning put out a statement that we are uh, in uh, severe under a severe threat uh, for a terroristic attack in this country. And if you think about it, for the DOJ and the FBI to put something out in public, what they're basically saying is that this administration for three years has failed uh, to secure our borders. So for them to say that, especially with an election time coming up, you can multiply what the FBI said probably by tenfold uh, that, that we're under a severe threat. Because if they're going to put that out at this time of the year with November 2024 coming up, it must be really bad. So that's what we talked about. What I suggest for people to do is go ahead and buy ammo. Uh, defensive rounds are nice, but they're very, very expensive. I would suggest uh, 500 to 1,000 rounds of ammunition stored in your home. 
Uh, and remember, when we talk, we're going to talk about firearms during this podcast, and we always have to talk about securing them uh, properly. Don't just leave it in your nightstand. Don't just leave it hidden under your pillow or at your couch. We don't want unauthorized or untrained individuals uh, to be able to gain access to those firearms. But on the flip side, we want to create an avenue to where we can grab it quickly uh, and effectively if we have to. So 500 or 1,000 rounds of ammo. If you have a handgun, it's okay to buy FMJ, the full metal jacket, the practice rounds that use it to range. Uh, that's going to put somebody down. Maybe not effective if they're wearing body armor, uh, but with the correct shot, that's going to put somebody down. Uh, you can buy that. If you have the money, then buy some defensive rounds. I would do the same for an AR. People always ask me, well, what's the best weapon of choice for home defense? And a lot of law enforcement around here are suggesting shotguns, especially to little old ladies. I have little old ladies. I have older ladies that come in and they've been told by law enforcement, get yourself a shotgun because you just got to point it in the general direction. Well, that's not the right way to look at it. We have to look at it, get yourself a firearm, go to the range and practice and become proficient with it. We have to remember when we talk about practicing, we have to remember that you're probably not going to meet your expectations in a gunfight or in a firefight or even under stressful situations. So think about that. The bad thing about a shotgun is, yeah, it's going to spray everywhere, but that's not proper training. That's not the proper mindset. If you have a shotgun in your hand because of an intruder, your other hand cannot be used to call 911 and to give the dispatcher updated information on what's going on. You can't open doors. It's a lot harder to open doors and turn on and off lights moving through the house effectively if both of your hands are tied up with a shotgun. Now, we're talking about certain people. There are people that are tactically trained that can use a shotgun, but it takes a little extra training. So I would recommend a pistol. Become proficient with that. A pistol for home defense. I would also recommend the weapon of choice to be an AR-15. That is going to be how you're going to keep these terrorists off your property and your house. And uh, you're hearing a lot about Israel right now. And they had 2% of their population had uh, firearms, permits to have firearms. Of those 2%, you're only allowed to have a pistol with no more than 50 rounds. I would imagine, well, I'll tell you right now, the terrorists that invaded uh, Israel uh, a few weekends ago, they knew that. They knew they didn't have AR-15s. They knew they didn't have more than 50 rounds and all they had was a pistol. So we always want to fight violence with superior violence. We have to keep that in mind. And the superior violence is at least being equal to what these bad guys are going to be using. Let me back up a minute on what I'm talking about. Our southern border has been open for three years. If you look at the news and you listen to the media, oh, it's families coming across the border. Isn't that precious? How adorable. They're coming to America for a better life. Well, let's switch to U.S. Border Patrol surveillance cameras at the crossings. Let's switch to Department of Homeland Security uh, footage, uh, covert cameras, people that are not with the media that are posting videos on social media on who these people are they're crossing if you look at them they're physically fit military aged males from china the middle east and africa and they're not here to support your local ymca they're not here to purchase girl scout cookies i will say though that probably a majority not the majority but there there's a good uh, possibility that there are a lot of young, physically fit young men that have left these horrible countries and have come to the United States to get a job to send money back to their families. I'm not saying that everybody that crosses the border is bad. 
But when you look at their demeanor, if you know how to look at people, and, and, and I talk about this in my active shooter response training classes and my situation awareness classes, you can look at somebody and we have that ability in, through training. I'm a retired police officer and I've been doing this active shooter training a long time, a lot of studying people. I study people. I'm a people, people watcher, not a stalker, but a people watcher. You can tell just by looking at somebody's demeanor, their command presence, are they trained tactically or are they not? A lot of times cops can recognize other cops out in public by just the way you just get that feeling. It's the way we look at people. And when I look at these guys crossing the border, they've got that command presence. They've got that confidence about them, which tells me that they're trained. So there, there are literally millions, two millions that are undocumented and have crossed into the border. A few weeks ago, they were crossing Texas at 500 uh, a week. That's 2,000 in one month. And a lot of them, if they're stopped, they immediately seek, they immediately seek asylum, which gives them a green light. Okay, well, here's your ticket. You come back and go to court for immigration. Do you really think they're going to come back? No. They're in the country and they're waiting for the call of jihad. And we had this a few weekends. Well, we had this last weekend. Uh, Friday the 13th, they called for jihad. Praise the Lord, we didn't have any attacks. Uh, but they're not going to let us know when they're going to attack. They didn't let us know at 9-11 what they're going to do. So we won't know it's coming. So we have to be prepared for that. And that's what that this meeting was yesterday for national security. What I would suggest is load up on water. I'd go get a pallet of water for your basement or your garage. Uh, we have to think about if the water is tampered with. There was a location uh, in another state. I want to say North Carolina. Don't quote me on that. That may not be right. But somebody hacked into their water system and adjusted the chlorine levels to where it was just about undrinkable. That could have been a test run. And luckily, it was just chlorine. But what if somebody was to get into the water system and contaminate it? We have to think about. We, we can live without food uh, for a long time, but your body needs water to function. Your organs need water. So if you're on a well, think about getting a hand pump for that well, because when your power goes out, if we have an EMP, when the power goes out, um, you may not have access to water. So we've got to think about water. Make sure uh, if you live in a, a subdivision and you're getting city or county water, then you need to think about that. What if this water was to be cut off? When we think about food, I would not personally recommend uh, some of these fancy, expensive uh, food systems that you have that are, have the shelf life of 15 or 20 years. That's okay. But the reason it's got a shelf life of 15 or 20 years is because it's just loaded with sodium. Read the sodium content before you order these things. When you have a lot of sodium content, your blood pressure goes up. Your face gets red. You start having health issues because your blood pressure's up because of too much sodium. When your sodium level is up, it's going to make you thirsty. You're going to run through your water a lot more. So keep it simple. Just go to go to your local grocery store or hook up with your local farmer. We can do canning. We can do uh, meal preps. We can freeze it. We can freeze dry it. There's a lot we can do with that. I would recommend just getting beans and rice. You can get a whole bunch of cans of tuna. You can get pasta. There's different things you can think but when we're thinking about survival food, think about about a three-month uh, lockdown in your home. 
And you're not thinking about, you know what, I can get this and make a pie <laughs> or a cake. That's not what we're doing or fancy lasagna with bread. We're not doing that. When it comes down to this, my friends, we're simply in survival mode. You're simply eating to sustain life. So when you go to the grocery store, don't go expensive, go simple. Where can I get my proteins? Where can I get things that under my medical condition, my body requires me to have? Talking about medical conditions, make sure you have enough medication. If you have a 30-day supply and you have to go refill every 30 days, I would I would recommend talking to your doctor and see if you can get a 90-day supply. Keep that 90-day supply. Don't ever go less than 90 days, especially if it's medication uh, that you need daily to stay alive. Think about that. Uh, I would recommend going through your house, each and every individual room, including the garage, what do I need out of this room? What do I need to buy more of out of this room in order to survive? Go to the bathroom, the medicine cabinet. What do I need? Make sure you have tourniquets. Make sure you have a medical kit. And don't go out and buy a first aid kit that's for a boo-boo. We're not going to die if we get a splinter in our finger, if we cut our, or if we just nick our finger uh, cutting up vegetables. Think about stopping severe injuries, tourniquets, uh, gauze, uh, look at you can ask your local paramedic or, or firefighter uh, to build you a case. You can go online and build one. You can go to the to your local pharmacy and build you a a first aid kit. They're they're expensive online. Uh, so I've got an avenue here of a guy that builds one for you. It's very practical. It's very useful. You can contact me. I'll get you his contact information. But he's got a medical background and he put it together. I've also got a guy who's an electrician who was here last night, Glenn Balblitz, uh, and I'll give you his um, information as well if you contact me. Uh, but Glenn uh, was talking about EMPs last night, and we were the question came up is if we have an EMP which shuts down all electronic devices, are there these do these gadgets work that you can put in your car or in your house to protect that um, that strike? Uh, and he basically said no from from his background as an electrician. When this EMP strikes, it's going to go through all the wires. It's going to fry your entire system. So I wouldn't waste my money on that. Uh, besides that, I, I'm kind of a, I look at everything differently and very suspiciously. If they sell these products and they make a lot of money doing it, if they don't work, the world's going to be completely upside down. So you're going to have no recourse recourse to go back on them uh, to get your money back or to give them a bad Google review because there will be no Google uh, when we're talking about this. Main thing is we don't want to live in fear or paranoia. We just simply want to have a plan. What is my plan? How am I going to react when I start hearing uh, shots go off, when I start hearing explosive devices in my neighborhood? If you don't think these guys that are crossing the southern border don't have the equipment in our country already, you're crazy. They've got... Uh, mortars, long-range, short-range missiles that have been brought into the country, and they're waiting for that call. We have to secure our schools. We got I cringe whenever I see a school bus with no security around it. A lot of bus drivers are trained on situational awareness and what to look at, but we have absolutely got to protect our kids. When we talk about, when we look at what happened in Israel, they went after the kids, they went after the women and the elderly, and they did not hold back. These people are satanic. 
they're demons and they're violent. And we have to get in our head that you may be fighting them on U.S. soil. If I told you on 9-10 of 01 that we were going to have a massive terrorist attack in this country, half the people would think I'm crazy. But look what happened the next day on 9-11. So this is your fair warning. You have to be aware of what's happening. You have to be aware that this could come to our soil. Do you think that that Saturday morning when uh, Israel was attacked, that those people woke up and said there's going to be a major attack here in this morning? Probably not. Probably most of them never thought it's not going to happen here. We have Israeli defense forces. We've got the, the Iron Dome. There's no way they're going to do that to us. Well, it did. And let me tell you, if you've, if Walt, who's coming in, uh, and I have access to some behind the scene videos, and I was a homicide investigator for most of my career, and I worked some really, really terrible crimes where I just couldn't imagine how, how can people do this to a loved one? How can they just come up and do that? And, uh, and it's bad. These videos that are coming out on what these, these monsters, these terrorists are doing to people is bad. They're working under, uh, a social violence. It's predatory violence. Uh, so there's social violence, which is effective violence. That's that's more bullying on the playground. That's more domestic violence. That's more where I'm going to control you verbally. But asocial violence or predatory violence is where if I'm going to rob you, I'm not going to say anything to you. I'm going to walk up and shoot you right in the head and I'm going to take your wallet and walk off. It's about complete destruction. They have a 100-year plan to take us down. When we go into the Middle East... After 9-11, we went into the Middle East and you hear the news and the Department of Defense saying, we're going to go in and we got a five-year plan. We're going to be out in five years. Or they go into Iraq to try to liberate them. I, I use that word very, very nicely, liberate, because that's what we do. When they have natural resources, it seems like we always want to go in and give them democracy. Um, but so thinking about that, we have a five-year plan they have a 100-year plan. Radicalized Islamic terrorism has a 100-year plan to change the world, specifically America. So you have to understand that they're very, very, very patient. They're not going to rush into anything. Keep that in mind. We go in and get out. They've got a 100-year plan, and they're very, very, very patient. And that's what we're seeing now is... They're very patient and, and calculated. We've got a Trojan horse in this country right now, my friends, and it's that southern border. And I'm I'm almost positive we're at the point of no return. So that's what this podcast is about, is getting you prepared. Prepare your house. Think about if your significant other works and you stay home or vice versa or something happens. If I, if I work five or six miles from my house, what route am I going to take if something goes bad? If we have an EMP and my vehicle won't start, my wife needs to know I will be taking this route home. And same with her. If something happens, what route are you going to take home? Because if I need to go get her, uh, we've, we've got a four-wheeler, we've got a farm truck, uh, and they're secured uh, for an EMP. Uh, just by the way they're stored. So that may be an avenue uh, if the EMP, and I'm, I'm, I'm not guaranteed the EMP wouldn't affect them, but if, the, if they still run, she's going to have to come get me or I'm going to have to come get her. And I need to know that ex exact route that she's going to take because I'm not going to want to waste time going down the wrong road. So a lot of things to consider. I think the main thing is just think outside the box with this. Uh, Rusty Elliott, who's a friend of mine, 
as I'm doing this podcast, just text me some information on emergency trauma response, some some free first aid training you can get online. I know that you can go to stoptheBleed.org. There's a lot of resources there. Uh, Rusty just text me firstaidforfree.com. One more time, firstaidforfree.com. And then another one is mountainmedical.com. That's trauma medicine training. I would take the time to look at that because another question that came up last night during our security briefing was um, a woman asked, how long do you think it will take uh, for medical to get to my house? And another guy asked, how long do you think it will take? Is the National Guard going to respond? Are police going to respond? And how long will it take them to get to us? We have to have the mindset that nobody's going to respond. That's why the weapon of choice is the AR-15, which is why our government doesn't want us to have them, but their security detail has them. We have to think about nobody is coming for me and my family. This is us. Think about that first. For police, National Guard, the military, local firefighters to show up at your house to help you out is going to be a luxury. Think of it that way. That's a luxury. That's something extra. Plan to be on your own. Plan to defend your home. We do personal protection in the home classes. Uh, I'm going to have a, a good friend of mine, Steve File, is going to be uh, in this area soon offering strategic home defense. Uh, and that's an amazing, amazing product that he's offering where uh, he'll come out to your house and do a complete survey. That's kind of what we do. Active Shooter's keeping me really busy, so I'm having trouble offering that class to people. I've got a couple of them coming up, but uh, watch for Steve uh, to be in the area soon at my office. Uh, an amazing course. But these are things you need to take. These are things that are not expensive, but you have to think about it and you have to plan it out. Plan, plan, plan. Think about it. I see Walt, I'm looking out the window uh, doing this podcast, I see Walt coming in. So he's going to be joining us for just a, just a short while. And he'll talk about um, more than what I've talked about. Talk about what's going on on a national level. Uh, and he'll talk about some behind the scenes uh, information that he's learned during his career and how things can go sideways and a lot of the truth that you will not hear from the media. Okay, so Walt uh, Bannett just walked in and uh, he's sitting here with us now. I'm going to just let him talk about his portion that he did last night and uh, uh, how the AR builds go. Three this morning? Yeah, exactly. It's pretty good. So three AR builds. We were talking um, early or later last night after the build and, and somebody had asked, well, you know, Walt's, what are they, just a basic, eight, nine hundred dollars for yeah, you? about nine hundred. Well, nine hundred. includes a, a, a tack light and also a, a red dot sight yeah. as well. So and somebody last night asked, well, why don't I just go, what, what's wrong with just getting a four hundred dollar one online? Let me tell you folks, if you're listening to this, if you want a four hundred dollar AR that you can buy online, you still got to go to the background check. Um, think about when the bad guy's approaching you, do you want to hear click? Or do you want to hear bang when you pull that trigger? How much is your life worth? If is your life worth four hundred in your family's life, then go buy the four hundred dollar one. But if you want quality that's gonna hold up at the at the most critical time in your life you need it, then eight and nine hundred dollars not is not a bad deal. Yeah, and plus a point on that is that I build these at cost. I don't have a markup, I'm not in this to make And a that's profit. what I mentioned earlier. And yeah. that's uh, uh you know 
something I should be knowing. And you're and you're going to take them to the range and show them this is what ammo it takes. This is how you load it. This is how it fires. Very little recoil. And then if they have a question come up later, you're here locally. I've I've had some builds that you did. <clears throat> People have called you and said it, it it wasn't it was a, a operator's error, but they thought it was a firearm error. And within an hour, you're at the range meeting them, right? Only, only to find out, well, you didn't put the magazine in right, or you're not holding it right. So right. it and like I talk about my firearm safety classes, most pistol malfunctions are operator error. It's how we're holding it. So, um, welcome, Walt. If you want to just briefly, you know, go over your background, and then I'll let you just talk. We'll get the information out. Sure. I'm a retired special agent with U.S. Treasury for about 33 years, and I also finished up for a little over four years with State Department Diplomatic Security Service. Uh, during my tenure with State Department, or actually, I should say with U.S. Treasury, I was involved with Joint Terrorism Task Force investigations for about a total of 11 years, so I have a good idea of what is going on with current events and who the players are and what threats that we face. Oh. Yeah, yeah, just go ahead. All right. I already rattled on for 20 minutes, so you can say your part. With current events, we need to know who the players are. And Hamas is an offshoot of the Muslim Brotherhood and has been on U.S. college and university campuses for decades now. And today is the most prolific influence on U.S. campuses through the Students for Justice of Palestine that paints Israel as occupiers and antagonists. And this is in light of the massacre that occurred uh, just recently at the hands of Hamas in southern Israel. So Students for Justice of Palestine has been around U.S. campuses since about 1992, and it really took off in 2010, and it has a sister chapter on U.S. campuses as well. And, you know, ask yourself, who was president in 2010? So the Students for Justice of Palestine is actually on over 300 U.S. campuses, colleges, and universities. So it receives, ironically, millions of dollars in grants from the U.S. government, including uh, the UVA chapter right up the road from us. So after 9-11 happened, uh, Operation Green Quest was formed to combat terrorism financing. So I was on Green Quest for over five years and worked, as I said, Joint Terrorism Task Force investigations for about 11 years. So we conducted the largest terrorism financing investigation in the country that was concentrated in Northern Virginia, and it consisted of over 50 for-profit and non-profit organizations, including one of the top five poultry producing plants in the United States. And one of our targets uh, in our JTTF investigation, Operation Green Quest, was a pediatrician in Northern Virginia who was part of the Muslim Brotherhood and involved in terrorism financing. And the Muslim Brotherhood, uh, their goal uh, with offshoots like Hamas and other terrorist organizations is the overthrow of Israel and to have Islam be the predominant religion and governing authority, a theocracy, if you will, across the globe. So we assisted what is called the Holy Land Foundation conducted by the FBI in Dallas, Texas. And I personally traced <clears throat> a lot of money going from Northern Virginia to the Holy Land Foundation that I shared with the FBI through the grand jury process, and that was actually included in their indictment out of Texas for funding Hamas with millions of dollars of donations, meaning laundered money. So basically how the scheme worked, people would donate money to this purported charity. They would send it to the Middle East to support uh, little children who lost their parents at the hand of the wicked Israelis, as they phrased it. 
And then somebody who was a military-aged male would show up and say, I'm here for a little eight-year-old uh, Mohammed who can't sign for himself. He doesn't have the means to get here, so just give me the money and I will get him the money that was intended for him. Wink, wink. Well, that money was shown uh, by arms, and that's exactly what happened. So uh, HLF, the Holy Land Foundation, they were indicted upon, and there were indicted, unindicted co-conspirators in that investigation including American Muslims for Palestine, that ended up funding the Students for Justice of Palestine that I mentioned earlier that is so prolific today on U.S. campuses. So I met several interesting characters, including the son of a very dangerous man who was, and I believe it still is, uh, one of Hamas political frontmen. So Hamas is organized just like a corporation. They have their enforcement arm as the world has been reminded of most recently, brutally so, and they have their political and PR people. Well, anyway, this guy, uh, his son actually showed up at a search warrant in Northern Virginia that we executed during the course of our GreenQuest operation. And we identified him, we had the right to do so, and he was with two other individuals. But he said that he was attending high school in East Falls Church, and I asked him his name, and he said uh, his name, and I won't mention it, but he said, uh, yeah, uh, that's my father, and I recognize his father was wanted by Israel at one time for being complicit in the murder of several Israeli citizens and different bombings and shootings in Israel. And so I asked him, and I'll forget his response, how's your father doing? He says, beautiful. And I thought, okay, so here is this kid, you know, going to school in the United States while his father is uh, uh, an alleged murderist, uh, murderous terrorist uh, operating in the Middle East. So... Also, one of our Northern Virginia targets in our investigation was involved in a dirty bomb plot that had tentacles to Europe, and that was based on classified information that we received. So, ironically, I saw him and his wife shopping at the Fair Oaks Mall in Fairfax, uh, where I was stationed uh, in the D.C. area, and that was shopping with my son, who was in fourth grade at the time. And I'm thinking, now, here's a guy implicated in a dirty bomb plot, and he's just walking around here wearing a suit and tie shopping with his wife because he's a quote-unquote businessman that operates these uh, uh, charities and uh, other businesses uh, in the United States and in Northern Virginia. Uh, and your son was four at the time. He's correct. what, 30, 31 31. Now. So yeah. it's been a while. And they've progressed. So they have. They have. They've been <clears throat> they're not sitting idle. No, they're not at all. And the point of all that is that Hamas has been entrenched for decades in the United States. And as I said, they're on college and university campus, campuses throughout the United States. And they do exercise a great degree of influence, witness all the uh, non-Muslim students that are marching in solidarity with them on campuses, including UVA and the demonstration in New York City and Times Square where about 2,000 people got together and basically are saying what Hamas did was justified by attacking Israel and murdering you know, innocent uh, children as well, setting them on fire and beheading them. So, And, and what, I, what I find, I don't want to say funny because it's going to be tragic, it's going to be sad, but it's... It's amazing that all these sympathizers that are popping up in our country since the Israel attack yeah. from the they're supporting Palestine and, and Hamas, when they do invade our country, they're gonna be killed. These, oh, absolutely. these people have no loyalty. They don't care that you supported us. We're here to kill. Yeah. We're here to for for complete destruction asocial predator violence. 
destruction. Yeah, the bullets. They think they're uh, going to be safe. Yeah, the bullets and bombs aren't going to be discriminatory. They're not going to bounce uh, off of uh, people who support Hamas. Uh, right. They're going to take them down as well, their children as well. So as had been broadcast on television, uh, uh, Iran controls and helps to fund Hamas. It runs Hamas, essentially gives them their marching orders, just like they do with Hezbollah to the north of Israel and Lebanon. So where does Iran receive a lot of its money to fund terrorism? Unfortunately, it's from U.S. policy. So during this current administration, Iran has received about $50 billion. $10 billion of of that was released uh, to Iran through Iraq for monies that were held uh, uh, for whatever reason. Now, about $40 billion has come through oil sales and sanctions that were imposed by President Trump were lifted by the current administration. So that $40 billion is a result of the lifting of those sanctions. And Iran is now selling about 2 million, uh, 2 million barrels, I should say, of oil per day, mostly to China. And that was a mere pittance under President Trump because of the sanctions that were in place that, like I said, the current administration has chosen to lift. So speaking of China and shifting gears a little bit to the threat to the United States, an estimated 18,000 Chinese nationals have crossed the Mexican border into the United States over the past few months. And that's 500 a week, about 2,000 a month through Texas. And all are requesting, oddly enough, or not oddly enough, by design asylum, and they're allowed to enter into the interior of the United States. Now, understand this, for citizens of China, Chinese nationals, to leave China, they are required to obtain an exit visa. They just can't leave on their own because of the strict controls by the Chinese government. So Chinese experts, ones that I'm familiar with, uh, Gordon Chang comes to mind. He's been on media, Fox News, and other uh, uh, stations, uh, news media, says the majority are military-aged men and they're considered to be future saboteurs waiting to unleash in the United States. And as I said, all received exit visas by the Chinese government and they're here, as I said, to request asylum. They give up their name. There is, isn't an ability to run background checks on them. And a lot of people in this country don't know that the Chinese leader Xi has told the Chinese citizens publicly that China will be going to war with the United States. So if you recall, or some people recall, that there was a lab, a bio lab, that was seized probably about two months ago in Reedley, California, where I've been several times, not to the lab, but to Reedley. That's outside of Fresno, California. Now, there were lab mice uh, that were subject to experiments. COVID was being enhanced and other various uh, uh, viruses uh, were being enhanced as well at this lab. And the story was almost by design made to go away within a couple of days. But that sent shockwaves through the intel community. The CDC was involved. The FBI was involved. California state uh, you know, health organizations were involved. And then the lid was put back on. So do the math as to why these Chinese asylum seekers are here, you know, saboteurs and bio lab, uh, bio lab experts, and they're waiting to unleash. So and they got in through the southern border, they just did. walked, just and walked right in. Absolutely, and the border is wide open. And it came out this morning uh, that there is like three or four hundred miles stretch along the uh, Mexican border with the United States that is totally unpatrolled. I mean, people are just walking across. I mean, it's just. Uh, outrageous and and they uh, know this oh they know they, that's this. why they're Absolutely. that's why they've put people in this country they know it we're weak and they know it so yes uh, middle east terror cells are here and chinese terror cells are in play in the united states 
And the director of the FBI within the last 24 hours issued a stern warning for the country that because of all the terrorists who have entered into the United States, meaning Middle Eastern terrorists, to be on the lookout and basically to expect acts of uh, lone wolf uh, incidents of terror in this country. Now, if you take that to uh, mean that the uh, border crossers, uh, the terrorists, aren't going to act in three or four person cells or even in greater number, I think that's a fool's paradise. These aren't just going to be lone wolves, but you know, the organized cells uh, will act on the orders of Iran, and Iran is already threatening to escalate matters with Israel and make Israel and the United States pay should Israel take uh, its aggressive action, which it should be aggressive action, in uh, Gaza. So that's what Iran is threatened with, and that's why we have two air carrier groups, one already present uh, right off the coast uh, of that hotbed, and then one underway that will be there shortly. So basically what we have too is that uh, the IDF, when it was clearing out southern Israel, they found plans in Arabic, which they obviously can translate, on dead Hamas uh, soldiers. And those plans were showing the location of grade schools, senior care facilities, how to kill them, how to take hostages, but kill most of them. And with what you're saying right now, people, don't get locked in that this won't happen in our country. That's exactly. Don't think for a minute yeah. that they don't have these locations Exactly uh, what I was targeted. going to say, that those locations are targeted in the United States. And the idea would be to, uh, to think that people say, well, I live in rural America or a smaller city such as Lynchburg, and we're not uh, going to be subjected to that. Well, the terrorists operate in this manner, and I know this from experience. They'll target big cities, medium cities, small cities, and rural America. And the message would be there's no place that you can hide from us. Mm -hmm. And that is the message that they will deliver. And if they effectively carry out, which they're very good at doing, it will shut down the United States overnight. And people say, well, just go to the grocery store. Well, consider this. Mm -hmm. Supply lines are going to be impeded uh, with these acts of terror. It's not going to be business as usual in this country. The terror strike may not take place in your particular small city or whatever, but realize that supply lines and chains are going to be grossly impacted by acts of terror. So, if, And if they don't target the grocery stores to shut us down with food and water, then people are going to scramble to the grocery stores. Grocery stores will be non-existent yeah. within about three or four hours yeah, when, when stores, all this happens. Yeah, grocery stores operate on power just like uh, you know, mm -hmm. individual Refrigeration, freezing. Same thing. And if those power lines are disrupted, which they very well may be because our grid is very vulnerable, it's not guarded in any way. Uh, so if those are taken down to a large degree by the cells that are already in this country, it's going to be a disaster for this country, and it could really uh, throw the world into a state of turmoil. And a point in mentioning, uh, too, is that if Hezbollah in Lebanon launches the missiles that they have, and they total about 160,000 missiles that are much better guidance uh, than uh, the missiles that Hamas have, they have better guidance systems and better payloads, and they've ramped those up over the past few years uh, since their last skirmish with uh, uh, Israel that they fired into Israel. If those are fired, the Iron Dome will be overwhelmed and that will leave Israel in the position of do we survive or do we just uh, roll over and let the country be annihilated? They will, Israel will respond 
as most experts uh, uh, agree with tactical nuclear weapons and they will detonate those uh, because uh, to take out wide swaths in Lebanon wherever these launches are taken from there it's no longer going to be surgical strikes that will set the world on fire so the idea uh, that I'm leaving with folks, or the thought that I want to leave with folks is be prepared. And how do you do that? Well, pray up and arm up. Uh, both run parallel to one another. Uh, you know, so that's where we are today. And this is a very, very dangerous time that we live in. Yeah. So this isn't about fear or paranoia. This is just a, a just a heads up. This is going to give you the. We hope this podcast is giving you the education, confidence, skill to recognize what do you need to do to to uh, survive this. Of course, like Walt just said, we need prayer. That's really the only thing that's going to help us. There's no politicians or no branch of government that's going to help us. We need prayer and we need to uh, to arm ourselves. Um, I, we do concealed carry permits here at T4 Tactics. I do situational awareness classes, which teach pre-attack indicators. Very, very important right now. Uh, we go really deep into that on uh, on what to look for. Why do I park this way at the grocery store? Why do I sit here when I go out to eat? When I go to the movies, switching gears, Walt's going to give you his information in a minute, contact information, but switching gears. Don't live in fear or paranoia. Take all this information in and go out to lunch today. Go out to dinner tonight. Take the move. Take the family to a carnival or a fall festival. Continue to live your life. Go to the movies. Go out to eat ice cream, but enjoy your life just if you have a concealed permit, you went through all the training to get a concealed permit, you bought a gun, hopefully you practice, carry it. Carry it every day. And you know what? Carry it every day with a few extra magazines, depending on what size gun it is and capacity. Uh, but think outside the box. Think. You're going to have to have a tool immediately available to you to keep these people off you. So, Walt, if you want to say your contact information for these builds. Yeah, real quick, my contact information, my website is www.wdbbuilds.com. And my Instagram is at wdb underline builds, wdb underline builds. And my email address uh, is walt at wdbbuilds.com. So that's the way to contact Walt for a build. Uh, they can be shipped out of state. Um, mostly what he's doing right now is locally. You've, he's done builds for federal agencies. He's done build for a lot of uh, Virginia law enforcement agencies, a few Florida law enforcement agencies. So uh, the, the reputation is there. Uh, really, really good response from those, those agencies. But this is going to be the superior, at least equal to superior firepower that you're going to need. Don't take this lightly. Uh, again, don't live in fear, paranoia. You can, we can survive this. We're much better. See something, say something. We're much better working as a team as we are individuals. Uh, just think it through. Get your house prepared. This is the warning that you have. Get your house prepared. Once the storm hits, it's too. It's the time has since passed to figure out what you're going to do. Anything else you want to add? No, I should do it. Just to emphasize, though, I receive a lot of compliments from law enforcement that the bills I do are the softest shooting AR-15s they've ever experienced, and primarily that's because of adjustable gas blocks and the way that I fine-tune them. I bleed off the gas that's not needed, uh, and the rifle functions flawlessly, and I field test every single one. I zero in the red dot, 
as well and make sure that the attack lights are fully charged. Uh, you know, so we were at the range with one woman that was shooting a build you did for her, and I'm standing behind her and she shoots it one time and she turns and looks at me and says, this has less recoil than my 22 rifle. Yeah, I remember that. That was one of the most noteworthy compliments. And yeah. It was a pleasure to uh, hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions, uh, most of the people that are listening to this already follow me on social media, but you can find me on my website. You can send me a message on the website, um, t4tactics.com. You can go to contact and I can get you in touch with Glenn who does a lot of uh, classes on gardening, who does classes on, uh, he's a, a plumbing expert, I would say, electrical expert. He does canning classes, uh, but Glenn has a lot of knowledge. And if you're interested in following up with him, uh, do that. Also, uh, those websites I mentioned earlier about Stop the Bleed, uh, very, very critical. So if I can help you out, hit me up on my website. Remember, be safe, everyone. Reduce injuries and save lives. Have your head on a swivel. Take care.